With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. W-J-B-R Internet Radio For the Inquisitive Mind And the Sophisticated Ear miss a lot when you miss one day. At least that's what I heard somebody say. But it doesn't really matter what whoever says. It's always a good show with your bonnet to rest. Yeah. Lunch in the basement with your bonnet to rest. Yeah. Who we got today or what we doing today or whatever it is, it's going to be good. I love you all so much. We can see you now. I know. And thank God. Yeah. That's generally the response we get from everybody, but we keep it clean. Hey, everybody. How are you doing today? How are you doing on today? Another crazy day in these United States of America. If you're here with me, you know... You know what is what has been going on. I mean, I don't, I don't know if uh, <clears throat> this Roe situation is a big distraction from the January sixth committee hearings, or if we're just imploding all at once. Um, let me just let you know that you are listening to WJBR Internet Radio, broadcasting for the inquisitive mind. And it's, now, yes, I like to give this warning that you may hear explicit language. I may throw on some gospel music, house music, jazz, pop, soul, Motown, doesn't matter. Might hear some comedians saying some funny things with some adult content. So if you have little ones, you know, be aware that they are listening or you are listening to an adult show. Okay. So, so much going on. Uh, just also wanted to remind you that this broadcast is licensed via Live 365 and covers listeners in the USA through Sound Exchange, ASCAP, BMI, and CSAC. In other words, if we play you, we pay you in Canada through SOCAN and ReSound and the UK through PPL and PRS for music. 
I want to let you know right now what one of the things that I'm doing in this moment is I am loading, uploading the uh, telephone line so that um, you can call in. There's a lot to cover and a lot to be said. And I want everyone to know that what, regardless of what your opinion is, your voice is welcome here. Um, I To say that I am surprised with... Mm, it's not necessarily the truth. I'm, I'm not necessarily surprised at the shenanigans and on and things that are going on right now. Um, to see it coming to fruition is sort of surreal. I'll say that. Um, just the idea, and I'm going to be frank. It, this is just my opinion. Um, the moment I saw that um, Donald Trump was elected president of these United States, I knew that we were quickly descending to hell. Um, I remember trying to, you know, come up with strategies to implore people of the necessity of voting. And um, I saw all of the distractions and the shenanigans, and, and I really thought that um, – I was hopeful. I remember being hopeful prior to that election that people would, you know, people that don't ordinarily vote would get up and vote because, um, you know, clearly Donald Trump has always been a con man, a playboy, um, alleged sex offender, um, you know, just not an honest dude. And I really did not believe that, you know, faced versus someone like Hillary Clinton, who had all of the experience and um, clearly was someone who was going to continue to fight for women's rights and LGBTQ rights. And um, she had experience with war. She had um, she had a lot of um she was an attorney. She she knew the Constitution, and she had already swore to uphold it. And then, you know, this drama about her emails, her emails. Who gave a shit about her emails, you know? Come to find out, there was nothing to it. It was just another distraction. And um, there were people who said, well, I don't like either one of them. But the, but the bottom line is that I just thought at the time that I couldn't care if it was the uh, – I'll say it again – the yellow – peanut M&M, who was running against Trump, I was not going to vote for him. Um, and so I advocated for people to vote for Hillary Clinton. Now, there were a lot of people who opted not to do that, which is your choice. You know, you vote for who you vote for. But understand this, elections have consequences. We are now living in the consequences. And it's only going to get worse unless Unless, and I don't know who listens to the show, to be honest, you know, like outside of the people that I know who listen to the show, I don't know broadly who listens to the show, but if you are female, if you are black, if you are LGBT, if you are a black man who cares about women, I don't care if you like white women, black women, if you are 
a young woman who who doesn't who doesn't believe in abortion or you know LGBT rights marriage let's put it like that you know um but at the same time you want the right to do what you want to do you see this is another big issue here people are so busy minding everybody else's business if you're anti-abortion then don't have one but you should not impede the opportunity for a young girl or a young woman faced with that choice to have that choice. You're against gay marriage. Don't marry a gay person. Well, I, I, I just don't see the, I don't understand why everybody's in everybody's business. When you think about that whole Karen phenomenon, just people not minding their business. Do the right thing. You don't like the service in the store? Leave and go to another store. What, what, what? You don't like me holding another woman's hand? Then don't look. I, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know what to, what to say, but... Um, I'm gonna. I was. I was gonna try to hold off, you know, for Therese to come on and join us before I started talking about all of this because I, I know that um, you know she always has a different perspective or um, she she can you know flesh out some perspectives that I may not you know she she can flesh out some things in me that I um, you know wouldn't necessarily talk about. So what I'm going to do right now, just for this moment, is I'm just going to play a song, and hopefully Therese will be with us shortly. This song right here goes out to all my brothers and sisters all across the land. No matter what you're going through, you've got to keep your head up. God is with you. God is with you. Troubled world that I see every day through mine. So beautiful, God created me. Many people, many places, Lord have mercy, my earth was separated, and I'm just trying to get along in this world on my own, and I'm just trying in this world on my own I shall never worry cause I'm not alone God is with me and I know he won't let me go so if you're out there 
and you're lonely, just remember, faith is power, and you're not alone, it is alone, I'm here in the Life. All the pain and the strife, one day we'll understand that there's a master plan, there's a reason for all that we go through, there's a promised land, and it promises to me and you. That is Kelly Price, Faith Evans, and Jessica Reedy. Love that song. The name of the song is Troubled World. And um, I just thought, you know, that's a good good song for where we are today. If you are watching on Facebook, Facebook tends to cut off this broadcast, right? Smack dab in the middle. So please move over to YouTube. WJBR Internet Radio, you'll see the live um, show, click on, and then your post, your comments will be posted just like Melody Ritchie is right now. Good morning, Melody, and um, good morning to the one queen forever, Loretta. How you doing, darling? Also, um, like and subscribe on the YouTube channel. And hit that bell so that you'll know every time we pop up. Sometimes I pop up just to play music in the middle of the night for no good reason, except that I want to play it. So obviously today there's a lot going on. Um, I just contacted Therese, and she will be joining us shortly. Also coming on today to um, talk about some of the things going on will be Nathan James, who obviously is in tune, has his finger on the pulse of (laughs) the politics of the day, you know, like what is going on. Again, I don't know if the January 6th committee issue is what spurred on the Supreme Court to to put this ruling out yesterday. Um, 
it's 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 a good distraction distraction remember if you will that when obama was the president there was a vacancy that came up one year a full year before the end of his term he nominated merrick garland to be the supreme court justice and mitch mcconnell refused to even allow a vote on this and and swore that he would never allow Obama to seat a Supreme Court justice. And why is that? The Supreme Court clearly has more power than any body, any one person. Um so so when they got Trump in, I mean they snuck in, they put in three radical Supreme Court justices. You know, your vote, votes and elections have consequences. The moment that Trump got in, we were in danger. And we are, we are now seeing, if you hadn't been seeing the consequences throughout his term in office, you're seeing it now, regardless of whether you're pro-choice, pro-life, whatever you want to call it, because it's it's really pro-fetus, which, you know, that's your your right to to feel that way. But but my my thing is this: if um, if you're going to be pro-life, then protect all life, all life. I mean, come on. So I've been waiting for this moment, and ladies and gentlemen, here she is. Here I is. Hello. Happy Saturday, good people. Hey, Rosa. What up, Smoky Smooth? Well, you know, you know, let me just say that um, I'm looking forward to it. Nathan said that he's going to try to call in. He's at oh. Harlem Pride today. So if you're if you're in Harlem and, and you want something to do, go to support Harlem Pride, you know. Um, it's, a, it's a good time and it's a good cause. So, yes. you know, when initially when I spoke to Nathan about him dialing in, um, it was clearly about the January 6th committee. So one of the things that I've been talking about here, I don't know if you were listening before, Therese, but I was saying that I don't know if them pushing through this road decision yesterday was a big distraction from the January 6th committee hearings because homeboy is sitting on a sizzling hot freaking frying pan and getting ready to be put directly into the fire. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, so is this now, and, and as you notice, as you may have noticed, the media coverage shifted completely off of January 6th and onto this road thing. Mm-hmm. It's a distraction. Mm-hmm. That's a good way of saying it. It's a big freaking distraction, but it's also dangerous. It's also very dangerous, the precedence that it's setting. Um, but it also shows you clearly, for those people who've been in denial, the direction that this country is going in. 
at this time, you know, I want people to faint not and fear not. You know, I saw I saw this guy, a, a video of this guy who who's a Christian and saying the Lord has finally come through, blah, 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 blah. And let me no. just say, let me just say this. Anything that has mm-hmm. is done sneaky, slippery, slimery in the in the darkness of the night by evil people, that's not, of not God, of God. Honey. That is not of God. And what is the slippery sliminess that uh, of which I'm speaking? I'm speaking about. Let me see. I, like I like I said earlier, how Trump, how they snuck in these Supreme Court justices, how they didn't allow Obama to rightfully seat his justice. Right. That, right. That slippery sliminess, cheating, and it's it's. It's not of God. Anything that is slippery, and and that's for a good reason. Is separation between church and state. Allegedly. Allegedly, because this is some bullshit. Many pastors running for politicians these days. So 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 there's there's just so much to uncover here. There's just so much. But again, please don't be fooled, bamboozled, hoodwinked, and led astray to think that this is anything more than a distraction right now, in this moment. Because that's what it's it's serving as. It's a disrespectful distraction. Oh, it's disrespectful. But their whole his whole term and presidency was a distraction. And he seated three of the least worthy people to be, he found the bottom of the gutter of judges to put in the Supreme Court. Hmm. And my thing is they each lied under testimony to Congress when they said that Roe was settled law. Hmm. I want to see each of them brought back in front of Congress to explain their answers under under oath and let's see in what kind of way they perjure themselves. Hmm. Because you can't say when, when, when you were asked directly if the issue of Roe v. Wade comes up, how do you how do you vote? And and they sat there, each of them. Roe is settled law. That's settled law. It can't be changed. And then you go ahead and vote against it. You you, you vote to change it. Explain now, yourself. Now, now the question is, will they do it, or will they have another reason why they can't be questioned about what they've done before? You know, I don't know. I don't know what the law is there. You know, I, Javon, I, I, I don't know. What I see is this, and and this is um. Hmm. This is real, real simple for me. You know, when you make the when you make the game, you can change the game. When you make mm-hmm. the game, you change the rules as you go along. And that's a great, great point that you just raised. You know, settle law. So how did we get here? How did we get here? How did we slap the god fuck out of all women in this country? You know, with overturning that decision, and then what? based on that decision are you really after long term 
Because what happens now with everybody comes out of the woodwork of a company, boom, 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 we're going to pay for it, we're going to pay for it. And quite frankly, we have just obliterated our HIPAA laws. We've just obliterated them. You oh, know, yeah. that started with COVID. That started with COVID, just so you know. Um, and, and it's interesting that we will have no medical privacy in the end, which means that whatever's going on with you, we got to know. Whatever ain't going on with you, we're going to know. Yeah. See, Roe v. Wade was the privacy law. That was the beginning of the privacy laws. And and HIPAA was like a grandbaby of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, HIPAA Um, was a, was a, uh, was a, well, yes. Because now that's blown out of the water. That's blown. Women have no right in, in certain states. So let's also be clear that it's not every state that um, this, I, I, I prepared for this sort of, almost kind of, sort of. So let me, let me I want to play two short videos. One is an explanation of Roe v. Wade, and the other is an explanation of where we are today, really, briefly, and what it means. Okay? So let me, yeah. You know, I try, I try to, because, you know, fast. Okay, wait. That's not how you do it. I, I, I get so, you know, Tammy too much. 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 You know, I should, I should actually come up with a little video for that one, right? A little, uh, a little Tammy too much. Okay, let's do this. Uh, here we go. <coughs> In 1973, the United States Supreme Court issued its decision in Roe v. Wade. The effect of the court's ruling was immediate and far-reaching, expanding the right to privacy under the 14th Amendment and altering the legal landscape on the issue of abortion across the country. Norma McCorvey, a single pregnant woman in Texas, sought an abortion. At the time, Texas law prohibited abortions unless performed or obtained to save the life of the mother. To protect her privacy, McCorvey filed suit in federal court under the name Jane Roe. The defendant was Henry Wade, the district attorney in the Texas county where McCorvey sought the abortion. Roe argued that the abortion ban was unconstitutional and asked the court to issue an order that would stop Texas from enforcing the law. The district court found the Texas restriction on abortion unconstitutional on the grounds that the statute was too vague and overly broad and impinged on the rights reserved to people under the Ninth Amendment. However, the court didn't issue an injunction to bar Texas from enforcing its ban, so Roe's options in Texas really didn't change. Arguing that the district court's lack of injunctive relief was insufficient, Roe appealed directly to the Supreme Court. So when she when she appealed to the Supreme Court, she won. Hold on, all right. There, there we go. When she appealed to the Supreme Court, she won, and then Roe v. Wade became law, right? Um. Now let me see if I can find that other video I had up right quick. Yep. Okay, give me a second. I have to get a little better with this. I know. I'm working on it, everybody. I am working on it. Got me working, working day and night. Okay, let's see here. 
I can't. How do you escape the heat if you don't have AC? It only takes five minutes. The Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, the 1973 decision that established a constitutional right to an abortion in the U.S. Now, decisions on the legality of abortion are left to the state. This is going to mean that access to abortion will vary dramatically depending on where you live. While 16 states and the District of Columbia have laws that protect the right to an abortion, 22 states have laws that could ban all or most abortions now that Roe has been reversed, according to the Guttmacher Institute, a policy group that supports abortion rights and tracks national abortion statistics. The organization details a patchwork of laws among these states, including pre-Roe bans, trigger laws, and post-Roe restrictions that will determine the fate of abortion access in the U.S. Nine states have bans on their books that predate Roe v. Wade, which have been unenforceable for the past five decades. Some of them date back to the late 1800s or early 1900s. These could be laws that could be enforced after this decision or as a result of this decision. States like Arkansas can now revive their pre-Roe bans through official enforcement or by filing court actions. However, not all states with pre-Roe bans are poised to enforce the laws. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer and abortion rights groups have filed lawsuits to block the state's 1931 law that makes providing an abortion at any point during pregnancy a felony. A Michigan judge, through a preliminary injunction, said the state can't enforce it. Whereas others in states like Arizona, for example, I know lawmakers there are anticipating that they could enforce their own pre-Roe ban on abortion. Thirteen states have passed so-called trigger laws on the condition they would go into effect if the Supreme Court rescinded the constitutional right to abortion. However, each of these laws are quite different from the other one. And they can take effect at different times. In Kentucky, Louisiana, and South Dakota, the laws are enforceable immediately. But in Texas, Idaho, and Tennessee, there's a 30-day buffer period between Roe's reversal and when the laws go into effect. In some states, trigger laws can only be implemented after state government officials, such as attorneys general or governors, certify the high court's decision. Some states, including Georgia and Alabama, have sought to set stricter limits on when abortions can be performed during a pregnancy. Georgia's ban on abortion around when cardiac activity can be detected and Alabama's near total ban have previously been blocked in court because they conflicted with limits set by Roe. Now the elimination of these federal protections for the procedure and the reversal of the Supreme Court precedent means that it's possible they can be resurrected in some way. Some states don't have these specific restrictions or protections for abortion currently on the books, and it remains to be seen what actions they will take in the future. Meanwhile, abortion clinics in more liberal states have been preparing for an influx of patients. They are expanding their hours, adding more staff, adding more days that they are available to accommodate what they expect to be even more patients coming in. Abortion providers in more restrictive states are also assessing how to support patients who will need to travel outside of the state for the procedure. Planning and figuring out how they will navigate this different and varying access to abortion across this country will be something that I'm sure will take some time to really nail down and figure out carbs, sugar, was just not sustainable. Boom, I gained it back so fast. So yeah.
So it's not to say that um, there will not, well, first of all, regardless of what the the law says, there's always going to be abortion, abortion attempts, failed abortion attempts that turn into death unnecessarily. Um, They're going to be more abused and abandoned children. There's going to, I mean, it's just messy. Lives ruined, people not being able to, live up to their potential, um, people being uh, traumatized for the rest of their lives um, based on maybe incest, rape, the bad bad situation, whatever that situation is for them, you know? Um, you know, people have many reasons for doing what they do personally. And if, you know, if you, anyway, anyway, it's, it's, it's a mess and there's no law, there's nothing that impedes on a man's privacy. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to let you finish there before I just, first of all, go ahead. No, you Uh, go, you go, you can have it, take it. I've done enough. You know, these men, these 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 white men, I'm gonna be very specific, are acting like they don't have sisters, mothers, aunts, grandmothers. You know, when they and and my my brain is is um, advancing to what are you ultimately after behind banning women have abortions in certain states? And like I was saying before, it obliterates the right to privacy. It obliterates. Um, women's right to choose in certain states because it doesn't just stop at abortion. There'll be other things that they won't allow them to choose to do either because it puts us right back into being objectified and, and, and a commodity in most cases. We are um, following a duty of religion to, uh, to be married or not, but you know, it'll fall under marriage too because that's, that's the reason why gay marriage has to go because we need more married folks so that they can do their duty under their husband. So the funnier thing about this, and not funny, ha-ha, funny like, oh, y'all some sneaky mofos, is that you're going to now have states, because, you know, as much as I love to hear the Netflix and the rest of them are going to make it uh, travel convenient and give benefits to you seeking an abortion, you'll have to disclose that that's what you're doing. You know, you'll be on some some sort of record, you know, for doing just that because you know I just can't say, listen, I need to go exercise the benefit, you know, because again, you know, there there are a few protected populations under HIPAA today. One of them happens to be substance use; it falls under mental health, and the other happens to be HIV. It also falls under the health protocol. So, when you think about it you're not going to have privacy at all in any of those areas because it's all being broken down so that people can, you know, right now if I sat and talked about somebody's mental health, you know, as either a practitioner or either, well, it depends on how I got the knowledge, okay? If I'm sitting talking about someone's mental health, I can be sued. You know, if you're sitting talking about someone's HIV status, you can be sued as a practitioner, that's someone that is in the field and acquired the information 
you know, um, through that that way, you know. Um, medical records. This goes down a way big rabbit hole. Somebody wanted to know what's going on with you so they can use it either against you or however they want to do it. Have access, free reign to do it. You know, right now medical information is protected. So it's it's this this whole situation is just a big slap in the face, not just to women, but to our entire privacy, medical privacy, period, you know, to our entire medical, not just women, because here's the deal, you know, if I'm going to obliterate the HIPAA laws and obliterate the information, um, I'm going to look at your stuff too. Do you know you have insurance companies right now and medical companies right now that protect information, particularly proprietary information having to do with athletes? I happen to know that if you're an athlete, and I'm talking about a multi-million dollar athlete, a lot of things going on with you are just not publicly exposed. They have companies that are, are that uh, that recode the information so that they can get treated in privacy. Now, majority of these athletes are men. It is prevalent in the NBA, the, in the NFL, and uh, uh, what is it, hockey, hockey league as well. Happen to know this. So if something's going on with them, no matter what it is, if something is going on with them and they have to see a doctor, things are medically coded a different way to keep their privacy. Out of the window, out of the window, that information becomes real and live too for whoever wants to get it. And honestly, this it's, it's too much. I'm not even going to get on the way I think about who this disproportionately affects behind not being able to have access to choose and to make choices for your body. But poor people, people under a certain medium of income, you know, for you not to be able to to seek out services for Planned Parenthood to immediately have to react to that. You know, I got my issues, you know, back and forth with Planned Parenthood, but most of them, that they provide services that otherwise wouldn't be provided. They do. And it's not just birth control, birth control. Um, I happen to know, let's just say in the state of New York, that they test more people than the Board of Health does. Their project, shout out to Project Street Beat. They test more people than uh, and get more um, a, uh, access to care than the health department does. Fact. So at the end of the day, it's kind of weird to me that we'd even be having this discussion. And the Supreme Court has been super, super busy this week. Super, super busy this week. The gun laws. Roe Wade, do you mean to tell me, and you know how quick New York got back on that? No, 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 pew, pew. The decisions was, it's, it's interesting that it takes you forever and a day to make decisions about housing, education, all kinds of stuff, right, having to do with the people. But when you talk about them, see, I sat like this on them gun laws. Really? So you mean to tell me that folks can just carry just just carry in New York? That's what we're doing? Or carry? and Just carry. You can just carry. Because it's your right to do so. 
Child, please. Somebody thought about that shit and said, mm-mm, no sooner than they took it, I, that ink wasn't even dry. More, more distractions. More distractions. More distractions. They, said, they you need to be walking around here with firearms just all willy-nilly. They needed hundreds and thousands of people to be distracted because yeah. they don't want to the, – the, they don't want to see their boy. They don't want us to see. Do you know, I also saw just last night an interview with some people in Mississippi. Young people who didn't have no clue as to what happened on January 6th. Hmm. They're not watching the hearings. They're not. They don't even know anything happened. What? January 6th, what is that? Okay? So it, do they call it something else? Because I know no, they, they don't, people in the country heard about like, that. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Hmm. They want, look, there, there, are some, there are some little areas, and, and this is one of the things that the infrastructure bill is supposed to do, ensure that everybody has Wi-Fi and internet connection. Um, everybody needs to have it because some people, oh, Jesus. When it hasn't affected their house, they don't care, and that's true, Boom. Kelly. Boom, boom, boom. Glad you put those, those dynamite. But, but even even when it does, depending on who it is and how they view them. I mean, some of these people are cruel to the to the children in their own houses. Some of these kids thought their parents are on vacation and they storm in the Capitol. The kids are somewhere smoking and their parents are somewhere on on, on the so, on the steps. You of know, the this is the song that I've been singing since forever and now I hope you know, there are some people who are within the sound of my voice who are going to join me in this song. Um, elections have consequences. We are living in the consequence of Trump becoming make, the president. Can we, can we, can we, because you know, this all, uh, this all popped out. Can we ask that whatever we missed in on um, on the uh, January sixth committees, can we ask for it to be repeated? So this is the what kind of information to Meaning, you said that we're getting ready to show the hearings. Yeah. So they showed they showed um, hearings. There, there were hearings on Thursday night. Right. Right. Was it Thursday? Thursday at three. Mhm. Friday, the Supreme Court does this, you know. Okay. So that because the news feed from from Thursday night obviously was all about the bombs that were dropping from from but Thursday, which which even me right now in this moment I cannot remember what those bombs specifically were. I know my head exploded for a little bit. Like some some new there were some new revelations. Um, I know that I know that Trump. Um, but this was not this was not new. This piece of it when he said um, 
look, I know, I know it's, oh, the thing, the, the thing that made it like woo is that somebody wrote contemporaneous notes and quoted in their notebook as they were taking notes. Um, one of the um, people who worked for the DOJ, I think the, it was one of his guys. And this is, this is the thing about those January 6th hearings. These are not Democrats sitting there dropping bombs. These are Republicans, Trump Republicans sitting there dropping bombs, telling, telling it, you know? Um, that he said, if um, you just go out there and spread this lie and leave the rest up to me, you just go out there and say it, and and I'll take care of the rest. Um, that shows Mendria. His his um, that was one thing. There was some other stuff. I just don't I don't really recall it right now. When Nathan comes calls or however he's going to join us, he'll he'll remind us. Um, I think because he's he's pretty dead going good with that. But I just want to say again, elections have consequences. And why do I say that now? And people might say, oh, well, you never know. It could have happened. No. He illegally, and this is not allegedly, we all watched it happen, snuck in three Supreme Court justices giving an overwhelming majority to the Supreme Court of of these left-leaning, crazy-ass people. Had Hillary been elected, those three people would not be sitting on the Supreme Court, period. There's no way way to convince me that she would have put any of those three people (laughs) <laughs> that that would not have happened, and they would not have had the ability to do what they're doing now. We would not be having a January 6th hearing because there would not have been a January 6th. We would still be going on, la, 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 January 6th, what day is that? Somebody's birthday, what? Elections have consequences. You, if you don't, even though everybody hates the, well, not everybody, but a lot of people don't like the idea of the lesser of two evils, it's, mm-hmm. it, you have to go that way because now mm. you understand why the evil is the evil. If you vote for somebody mm. who doesn't have a, choice, a chance, and so then you're giving the, the worst of it the opportunity to steal that election, and then this is, this is the consequences. This is the worst freaking it's like a it's like an American nightmare. The great American nightmare. Coming to a theater near you. You know, it's just crazy. Yes, that's that's part of what we were saying, Constance. You're absolutely right. You know, um they give people multi multitasking. Get people attention on one thing and slide BS in for distractions. Exactly. And Levon says when it doesn't change their sense of control and comfort, they can put themselves in a functioning state of denial. Ignorance and apathy have become the new method of avoiding reasonable anxiety. Mm. That's a word. Yeah. It, it's absolutely true. It's, it's just ridiculous. So I'm hoping and I'm praying because Uncle Tom, Justice Uncle Tom, he makes me so sick. Has now pontificated in a snug, nasty little way, which he should be impeached. 
he just said maybe we should go after contraception and um, LGBT marriage next. Are you deliberate? Is that what you're using your feet for, Clarence? I got a, I got a, a misogynist. He's a misogynist. He's one of those black guys that think they white on the inside. But but see, now, here's where Clarence is not thinking, right? So you eliminate LGBT marriage. You eliminate um, contraception. You do all of these, pushing all of these amendments back, really, because these are all amendments to the Constitution that they're they're talking about just stripping, right, these rights. Guess what? Biracial marriage is one of those things, too. And you're going to white women. Yeah, those, your, all your little friends sitting up there with you at the Supreme Court, your marriage to Jenny can be, what, an yeah, all too? You don't want Jenny no way. You don't want Jenny no way. I mean, you come on. That's allegedly his best friend because you know what? In his mind, he, 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 he ain't right. And he ain't white. Clarence, you're not white, Clarence. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I, and it's no sooner, no sooner is he writing letters. And honey, I don't think that letter was written then. I think that letter was written in the eve of them knowing what they were going to do in the Supreme Court. He signed that letter. And here's the thing, Clarence, it won't matter what you say or what you do. You will not stop the understanding of love being love, period. Exactly. Um, And this is why I say that even the Supreme Court, even though they extend, like, what's the office time? I think, think, first of all, I'm going to say it again. I think all of them need to have term limits because it gets to be too much with the bullshit. All of them need to have term limits. I don't think anybody should be dying off a, a position. I just don't. I just don't. I don't think any elected official should be dying from that bench. The president gets four years on a reelect, okay? Max, maxed out at eight. Maxed out at eight, yes. I think the Supreme Court should get uh, uh, the same. Same thing with the Senate? Senate as well. So I, I agree with you 100%. All of them. You cannot sit up there and rock with your filth and you, not, and you continue to not serve the American people. Hence Mitch, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell needs he's, to he's, just he's the architect he's the architect of all of this shenanigans. And and you know, it, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. And you talk about so you so one man doesn't end up having the power. Well one man does have the power. It's clear to see. Yeah, and it's Mitch McConnell. Flag and his minions. I, I got my first flag for hate speech on Instagram. You want to know what my word was? What did you say? I didn't say. I used one word. Oh, God. They had Clarence Thomas's picture flashing around. It was under something with Clarence Thomas. And I just wrote, coon. Oh, okay. I got flagged for hate speech. You could have meant tycoon. <laughs> I could have meant a lot of things. That, that, was a, that, was a, that was a, a, a you know. And, and it's interesting, too, because be careful it was under someone that technically has folks following them. You know, whatever. You know, let let them let them let them run with that. Um, I think um, this this ruling is hate in action. Of course it is. Um, let's. <laughs> 
let's set out before um Nathan comes on. Let's do uh uh what do you call it uh Black History moment. Y'all are gonna be tired of me talking about voting because there's nothing more important. We need to shift the Congress because the only the only way that this gets overturned or re so that abortion becomes law again for federal is that we have the Senate. We have to have the Senate and not these fake ass uh, some, well, I'm a Democrat, but not really, in name only, dinos. Democrats. Well, a lot of them are infiltrators. Yeah, Just so, like so a lot of them we, we need to find, we need to have in every state, representation, Senate Senate representation who have been walking the walk throughout their political career. That's what we, you know, people that can be, well, trusted with this trust. Anyway, let's, let's do this, this moment. Okay, so this, let me scoot over so I could be kind of seen or something. Yep, okay. So this gentleman right here is James Meredith. On June 25th, 1933, civil rights leader James Meredith was born. He was the first African-American student admitted to the University of Mississippi on October 1st, 1962. When Meredith initially applied to the University of Mississippi, he was accepted. When his race was discovered, he was denied entry. Meredith lost a suit for entry in district court and then filed with the U.S. Supreme Court where he won the right for admittance. Rioting occurred on September 20th in 1962 when Meredith arrived to register at the University of Mississippi. Then Attorney General Robert Kennedy sent 500 U.S. Marshals, while President John F. Kennedy sent military police troops from the Mississippi National Guard and members of the U.S. Border Patrol to protect Meredith and maintain order during the disturbance. Almost four years later, Meredith was seriously wounded when he was shot by a white gunman June 7, 1966, on the second day of a solo 220-mile march from Memphis, Tennessee, to Jackson, Mississippi. The march was a march against fear and to encourage voter registration. After being taken to the hospital, supporters and other leaders committed to complete his march to Jackson, and on June 26, approximately 15,000 marchers arrived in Jackson along with a recovering Meredith. Remember, he started this by himself, marching. And then approximately 15,000 marchers arrived in Jackson along with him, right? This march became the largest civil rights march in Mississippi's history and resulted in over 4,000 Mississippi African-American voter registrations. You know, 
Here's the uh, military that was sent in by the Kennedys. May they rest in peace. May he rest in peace. And here is a monument to James Meredith at the University of Mississippi. There's nothing more important in this country as a citizen than voting. And I think I think that when you are when you receive your 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 social security number along with it should be registered voter. It should come automatically at birth. If you are born in this country, if you are a citizen, if you come here from another country and become a citizen and you get that little green card or whatever card you get, that should be an automatic registration. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with that, I want to right on time bring up Nathan James. So Nathan, it's a little noisy in the background where you are. Oh, okay. Um, let me try changing my location. I'm at Harlem Pride on Pride Weekend in New York. So can you just show us a little bit of what's going on? Sure will. Oh, nice. That's pretty. And that handsome young devil on the stage you just saw is David Bridgeport, the publisher of DBQ Magazine. Very nice. Very nice. So do you need me to change? Um, Actually, I can hear we, can, we can hear you pretty well. So you're good. You're good. So Nathan. We were just talking about, and I opined as well as one of our basement dwellers, Connie, that this is this road decision coming in right now is a big fat distraction. Timely set in the middle of the January sixth hearings. Well, I don't know that it was a distraction because it is the end of the Supreme Court's term. So this decision was inevitable at the end of June. However, I did notice that the January 6th hearings were scheduled around the Supreme Court releasing this opinion. That's why they did the last hearing on Thursday, and there won't be any more until early July. They didn't want the Supreme Court decision in Dobbs v. Jackson to overshadow the import of the hearing. You know, I knew some kind of way it was intertwined. So, before before I ask your opinion on Roe, which we've been talking about, please let's go back to Thursday and maybe even Monday, and let's talk about some of the bombs that were dropped in during the hearing. Absolutely. Uh, you know, first of all, Brad Raffin. Raffensperger and his chief of operations testimony was absolutely devastating. They couldn't have stated in more plain terms how Trump attempted to extort and bully and commit fraud in the state of Georgia with his request to find 11,780 votes. In addition to that, I thought that the most powerful part of the hearings was Shay Moss and her mother, Ruby Freeman, when they gave testimony because it shows the the depravity lengths to which Trump and Giuliani were willing to go 
to crush an ordinary citizen who could not fight back effectively against men of that level, to push their lie, to smear them, to defame them, and to ultimately turn their lives upside down for the simple act of working on an election board in Fulton County, trying to make sure that people had a full, free, fair election in 2020. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I had um, in real time when that uh, initially came out about Ruby and her and and shame, um, it came out that Kanye West people were a part of that um, harassment, um, which is shameful, which is shameful. Um, where do you think they're going to go next? with this, Nathan? Where do I think they're going to go next with the hearing? Yeah. I think they're going to lay out the case that Trump was no mere spectator, nor did he innocently say, uh, we're going to walk to the Capitol uh, from the Olympics. Trump was an organizer. He was into it up to his eyeball. He was very much a player in the hearing, I'm sorry, in the insurrection. And as a result, it was his impetus, his instigation, his encouragement that precipitated the raid on the Capitol. I think that the next session in the hearing are going to spell that out in great detail. Okay. Yeah. Well... I think um, it's the clock. So you can sit here. Could you let them know that you're in the, you're in an interview, Nathan? Tell them tell them you're you're in the basement with Javon and Terrell. Yeah, he knows he knows he said I'm good where I am. <laughs> um, I think Mr. Clark is in a lot of trouble. And yes, I, I do. They the FBI raided his house. They took him out at 6 in the morning and removed every electronic device. So <laughs> they're not playing around. Uh, it was only a matter of time before they found criminality in his behavior. And I do think he is going to end up looking at a, a prison cell. Yeah, I think I think he's also um, weak in the spine. And he is going to sing like a canary. Um, as much as he can, if he has any documented proof, which he probably doesn't because he's an idiot and Trump is just a little bit smarter than him when it comes to criminality. Well, the most salient part for me is that after the January 6th insurrection, Jeffrey Clark, along with six members, Republican members of Congress, asked for pardons, which as we discussed on the phone a couple of days ago, is indicative that they knew that what they did wasn't just wrong, but illegal, and that they could be prosecuted for it. So, given that, I think Jeffrey Clark will have no choice but to talk to the feds, because they have him pretty much dead to rights. In fact, I think they have Martin Taylor Green uh, and uh, Kelly and all the rest of them that requested uh, pardons, Mo Brooks, I think they have them dead to rights, just for the simple fact that they asked for a pardon, and that came out, of course, at the end of Thursday's hearing. Well, outside of um, 
someone else's testimony, verbal testimony, do they have these these um, requests for pardons in, in writing? I mean, like, is it documented? Is, are these things that the DOJ can um, confidently investigate? I do. I do. You know, prosecutors don't take on cases they don't think they can win. And, you know, we've already seen, for example, John Eastman sending an email saying, I would like to be on the pardon list. I think that they, I think that what Benny Thompson said is accurate. He said we can prove everything that we've shown here, including that these members requested our pardon. And and um, from I think I don't know if it was when you and I were talking or if it's something that I saw on on as I was watching other um, analysts. But um, they were saying that or speculating that the reason why Trump did not give them pardons is because in order for them to receive a pardon, they have to say what it is that they did illegal. And then that would implicate Trump if they had said what they did. And it would be an admission that they knew that the election was not stolen and he was not going to go along with that. We should talk Absolutely, it would have put paid to all of Trump's nonsense. Yeah, it, it, it's ridiculous, and there's, there's a lot of people, Nathan, who who still believe these these stories, these lies. They do, right up until this day, and we can see that in their insistence that uh, that Biden is uh, not the winner of the 2020 election. In fact, the Texas State Republican Party, as a part of their party platform, said that Biden did not win the 2020 election. That's actually an official part of their party platform, if you can believe that. Speaking of Texas, they, they, there was word that they wanted to secede from, from the United States, which they would not be able to survive, and they're in debt to the United States. So... Thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I think that it's going to be, I don't think, first of all, that the January 6th committee is even remotely close to being through. They mentioned that they've gotten so much new evidence since the hearings began. So it's not going to just be what they've got so far. I think we're going to see witnesses we'd never expected to see. So... What do you think would this is this is this is just speculation if Trump had won this election this most recent 2020 if he had won and if he was seated in the White House right now what where would we be what would be going on never know any of this had gone on behind the scenes in fact, if Trump was sitting in the White House right now, having lost the 2020 election, but successfully pulled off the coat, we'd be living in a de facto dictatorship. And the only source of information about anything would be coming from the White House, which, of course, certainly would not be the truth. Which is why your vote counts. It matters. This is why we can't allow people like Trump to sit in the goddamn White House. Let me ask a question. What do you say to people that think, you know, because there's still a large population of folks that think 
this whole hearing situation is yet again, because we didn't particularly care for Trump, we're now targeting him because that's the slant he tries to put on it, you know, that, that th- not that this has become necessary based on uh, the, the insurrection on January 6th, but because we're still, we still can't get him out of our, you know, like, like most narcissists do. You still, listen, I'm not even doing anything. I'm not in office. This guy is running the country. Why are you over here doing this to me? You know, because then you become the victim after you can't do what you want to do. You know what I mean? So, and there's a large population of people that think this whole idea of doing these hearings was specifically for us to continue for us to try Trump. I, I think it's going to be, you know, Trump's strategy has been, and it's always going to be deflect deny and deflect some more, and that goes for all of his henchmen. Uh, and I think what we're going to see is, as you pointed out, less of a focus on Trump and more on a, of a focus on his willing enablers. So I do think we have something there. You know, you know what I would say to those people, Therese? These are are not Democrats that are giving these testimonies. These are not Democrats who are saying that they were in the room with Trump. These are Trumpers. These are Trump's guys who went out and and marketed the the big lie on social media and stuff. You can say say whatever you want on social media, but these guys now, they're under oath. So now they're telling the truth. These These are Trump Republicans telling it. It's not, this is not Nancy This is not Nancy Pelosi saying this. This is not AOC saying these things. These are Trump's people saying these things. None of them is trying to get a long-term lease on a choice cell in a federal penitentiary. So under oath, they're not going to parrot the lies that Trump wants them to. And then, in the same breath, one of the guys who was spilling the beans, Trump did this, Trump did that. He he attacked my family. He my my daughter was dying, and and they came to my house in a mob, and and Trump sent them, and it was terrible, and blah blah blah. As soon as he was finished testifying, telling the truth, he went on he went on social media and said he would vote for Trump again. Despite Which is just that. not a to me. But he didn't say that. He didn't say that under oath. Okay, mind you, he said that because he's running for re-election. So they lie off to to those who think that this is all to get Trump. I would say to them, listen to what the Trump team is saying under oath, and then listen to what they say when they're no longer under oath. Okay. I I hear you. I absolutely do. And it's not, like you said, it's what they're going to say on the road. It's what they're going to swear to because everything that they say is discoverable. It can be used in a future legal proceeding. And they're very mindful of that. I don't think there's a single person that has come before the committee that has not chosen their words with extreme care, given their involvement in the insurrection itself and in the events leading up to the insurrection. Now, one thing that is noticeable that I, I, I really uh, paid attention to was that how close to Trump some of these individuals were, and yet here they are 
testifying to the committee either in person or in a recorded deposition. And even Ivanka Trump, as you remember, said that she respects Bill Barr and that she's accepted what he said. But now this is not this is not what they were saying in and around January sixth. This is not, not at all. None of them was was out there saying this stuff. And even after they testify, they go out and say something different. But that's because they can tell you anything, but they can't lie under oath to the to Congress without jeopardizing their safety and freedom. So you know, and and and. To those who want to believe that this is all a setup because people don't like Trump, you can believe what you want to believe because it's easier to con a person than to convince a person that they have been conned. And that's it. If you don't believe it, it's because you don't want to believe it. Well, no one wants to think that they've been conned. No one wants to think that they've been taken in. So psychologically, it's easier to believe the lie than to admit that you've been duped. And I think it's going on with a lot of Trump supporters today. Exactly. And 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 to me, I would I would um I would go to some some brothers because this has been one of the hardest things about this whole time. There are some brothers with large followings that have been on the Trump bandwagon. And I'm not talking about people that we know with mental health. I'm talking about people that I suspect have mental health, but the world doesn't know it. Okay? A lot of people running around here with mental health issues yeah. that are unaddressed. Yeah, I mean, how? I got mental health, too. I, all right? I'm going to just put it out there. I got mental health, too. I'm not saying nothing bad about that. But I, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, there are some brothers that have been out there on Trump's bandwagon. And, 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 persecuting people who didn't support him. And and you know what? You've been fooled. You've been bamboozled, hoodwinked, and led astray. They don't care about any and, of that. And it, you know what? It's time Honestly, to... There's a large population of folks that just see Trump when they do business. When they do business, they see Trump as being the catalyst to doing business and being able to do business in a way that allows them to do better business. It's about money. It's a money chase. Yeah, well, you know what? There, there comes a time where where we have to get serious because it, in the same breath that, you know, now there are, there are young ladies that are being... There are young ladies who are going to be forced to be mothers. There are young men, young men who are going to be forced to be fathers. So I think Nathan, the the what they're doing on the PA. Yeah, their 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 sound check is pretty loud. Um so Nathan, quickly on Roe v. Wade. Now, Roe v. Wade is not only a devastating that's going to take away, that took away the bodily autonomy of 167 million Americans, but also it's a harbinger of things to come. Don't think for a minute that this conservative supermajority on the Supreme Court is going to stop at Roe v. Wade because they're not. 
Okay, Clarence Thomas said as much in his that he feels that there are other issues that need to come before the court to be overturned, including same-sex marriage, including the right to have sex with a consenting adult in the privacy of your home or your own bedroom, and the right to contraception. Use. He wants to overturn Griswold, Lawrence, and Obergefell. So these are all things that are coming down the pike, and I guarantee you that by this time next year, the Supreme Court will have heard cases in all three of those things I just mentioned. So this is a harbinger of things to come. Now, the immediate impact of Roe, of course, is that it leaves a hodgepodge of states, some in which abortion is completely illegal, some in which abortion is highly restricted, and some in which abortion is illegal. So now only women need to travel from a state where abortion is illegal to one where it is legal will have access to those types of services. And we have turned the clock back 50 years. There's no other way to say it. We've rolled the clock back to 1972 with this one decision alone. And I want to point out that all three of Trump's judges, when they were in confirmation, they all said Roe v. Wade is settled law. We're not going to touch Roe v. Wade. They all lied under oath during confirmation. You know, I, I was saying earlier, Nathan, that they should all be brought back before Congress to explain how it is that they testified that Roe is settled law, and then they voted contrary to that. So but would that be considered a testify, though, in confirmation? Would that be considered There is no established procedure for unconfirming a Supreme Court justice. They serve for the rest of their lives. No, no. So, the question was, is when they testified to Congress, were they under oath? <laughs> yes, you have to be under oath in a, in a, in a Senate hearing for confirmation. Absolutely. And that is perjury. If you, so, so they should bring them back to Congress under oath again and have them testify again. I don't, see, I don't see what the problem is, personally. Nathan, check this out. Nathan, check, check this out. I showed this earlier. I'm just going to flash it again, just for Nathan. I saw, I saw, and that's exactly right there. Their fingers crossed behind their back. And you're right, they should be brought back before a Senate committee to explain why they said Roe v. Wade was settled law and then promptly overturned it the first time that this type of case came forth. I need that picture, Javon. I'll ask the question publicly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... We just this is this is um it's surreal. It's surreal. Even though you know, you knew when Trump got elected that it was just gonna be hell. But this this the ramifications of the twenty sixteen the twenty sixteen election is gonna go on for a long, long time, the ramifications of that. And your vote matters. 
who you vote for matters. show at these elections at this point and as he is appointed for Philadelphia um, in one of those states you know mm-hmm. that has been very controversial in the past um, they have waited for Philly Philadelphia <laughs> you know to count votes and it is a state where there is a large number of, uh, of voters that can swing things and mm-hmm. they have proven that so for him to be the governor over there of the elections per se, mm-hmm. you know, particularly in Philadelphia, I um, wonder the impact of that, you know, because you never want to be in a situation. Well, I'm not going to say you never want to be. Let me let me strike. What I will say is that when you're in hotbeds where um, or hot states that all eyes are on you, it becomes, you know, like I was listening to the testimony of the woman that, you know, and, and her daughter where Trump has affected her business and, you know, like she's even afraid to use her name publicly based on how he dragged her. Yeah. Um, him and um, uh, his vice president dragged her um, and, you know, how her life was, you know. And, you know, again, people are dedicating their lives to ensure that a system that's supposed to be for the people by the people works, you know, and not in any kind of way where they, you know, just, just want to make sure that you say or make sure the process is managed, you know, in a fair and equal, uh, uh, equitable way for everybody, in a fair way. It, it's honest. And there are tremendous, let's just not get it twisted, there are a tremendous amount of people up to the presidency that don't want this to be an honest process, you know, particularly. And I'm just talking about what I've seen so far, because um, I haven't heard about you know, I hate using Democrats and and Republicans, this red and blue things, Crips and Bloods. I mean, you know, it, it's the same damn thing, you know what I mean, to, you know, to me. So it's like, listen, if you're going to make rules, okay, come together and figure out what those rules are and then stick to them. You know, don't when you don't see it going your way, you start twisting and turning and, and, and robbing and stealing. Basically what we have here. So... Trump and his, his his minions minions okay yes better um really just need to concede and go to jail you know just go to jail take a sit down you know do not pass go do not collect two hundred dollars yeah you get you get your your clove of garlic you get your little razor blade and you season your steak for about twenty years okay but these are all seniors running amok in this country. These are like, there's a certain, like, we, 
we come from commu- a community of culture, of kings and queens in communities, right? We get over here and we get into, I like Nathan's word, hodgepodge. But our ancestry is community, where we revered and respected our elders, where they taught us things, they passed down things, you know, um, and they were revered for us. You know, the way we treated our elders was the way ultimately we were treated, you know. Um, and the system over here, because you got to think about it, Pelosi, Waters, uh, Trump, Biden, McConnell, all of, all of the players, most of the players, are folks over 65 years old, over 65 years old. We have, and, and two, maybe three, are in the 80s. And I'm going to scroll back down. As soon as you started talking about age and how old they are, my mother, my mother hung up. <laughs> Ages. <laughs> but, but I agree. I hear you no, 100%. No, I'm, I'm not being ageist because I'm, I'm, I'm a woman of a certain age. But I just want to be clear about what naturally occurs. Okay? Okay? And, and, and this is by no means an ageist statement. This is by no means against our seniors. Actually, I'm pro-senior. But there's some there's some shit that goes on when you get older, okay? You yeah. know, I've I recognized a couple of things. If I could, I'll, I'll use myself as an example, okay? You ready? We are one. There's once where I had the patience of Job for a lot of stuff, you know, and I was able to, you know, just function within the dysfunction. Now I don't have the patience anymore. Now I don't even want to remember the things that do not make me feel well. Now I don't. My my patience is short you know, for things. The only thing I can control at this point in the game is how I let it affect me, meaning I move my feet. I don't use my hands, you know. I just kind of, I disengage. Before, you can keep going, and I was kind of like, okay. And not to mention if you've had any kind of formal training that, you know, keeps you out of that that situation in, in terms of counseling and things like that, you know, where you have to do that. You kind of get used to people barking and it becomes a little numb to you. You know, you don't hear it. I'm just talking about people in the capacity of counseling, uh, therapizing or, you know, or mental health treatment. But with, I'm going to quote someone else now that's on our feed, right? Okay, advanced age comes with mental and cognitive decline. You're not arguing that. Advanced age comes with mental and cognitive decline. We should not have to suffer for that just because of their outdated and dysfunctional traditions. Okay? So as we watch all these decisions, important life-changing decisions, not just for people but for the country that go into law, these are being made by people with mental and cognitive decline. Okay, and that's and that's not that's no that's, as they say there's no tea no shade. Let it, me just, it just say this: people could vote these old people out. When when you're talking about McConnell, Waters, Pelosi, and all these old people, go to the polls and vote them out. This but we, we we don't go to these this is one of the things that I've been saying. We don't go to the midterm elections the way way we should. The way we run out for the presidential elections, people don't vote 
in the midterm elections. But there's no reason for McConnell to still be there. Kentucky, <laughs> go vote. Vote him out. Can they, can they seriously? Kentucky is one of the poorest states, the worst in education, the lowest in income, the, the highest in, in um, maternal fatalities. I mean, mm-hmm. poverty is the highest in Kentucky and Mississippi. Vote them people out. They need an influx of new new life in Kentucky and other states like that because you've got you've got folks that are rotting out in these homes and <laughs> Kentucky's a very interesting beast. You know, you don't have a lot of um like uh for example, like we have a benefit on the east coast of seeing a lot of movement in our population. People are you know, especially if you live in New York, it's a melting pot of people in and out all the time. As a result from that, you get a lot of different opinions, a lot of different, you know, it, it rejuges, if you will, you know, um, the state. It keeps us, that's why we stay popping, you know, because we have a whole lot of influx of people, cultures, things, right? And you don't have that. See, we, and, and, and I have to always make myself understand, you don't have that in a lot of other Midwest states. You just don't have it. Right. The people that stay rooted and truded right in their state. Yep. Just like you don't have, just like I used to find it funny that people from the Bronx didn't go to Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Or, or vice versa. Yep, you have yep. people that are rooted in their state that have, have state claims there and have never seen anything or been ex- part of any other experience. And I'm talking about living. You know, you got New Yorkers that have lived a little bit of everywhere on the globe only to come back to New York. You've got folks that have not been a small town. Yep, yep. Now, there's a lot of beauty in a small town. You know, everybody knows each other. You know, Willie Bob and them and their grocery stores, family run, you know, you just like things simple and peaceful. But the other side of that is that you ain't been nowhere. You can't formulate an educated opinion on things outside of your small town, not from experience. TV becomes your God and you believe everything that you see and hear on TV. Which doesn't always show you the truth. No. And then you get some guy and then you get some guy breezing in on time he gets elected because he's strategically mapped out where his votes come from, right? So he breezes in and he tells you a whole lot of things. You're gonna you're gonna hear this with his little fingers and you're gonna hear that. And all you know is that he looks like you. Okay? And yes, you're tired because you don't understand. And see I, I think and 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 this is another point too that for a very long time, politics for the average person has been over their head. It has been difficult to follow and understand. The breakdown is insufferable. Sorry. It just is. So the average person cannot understand it. I'm talking about the average average person out there in Midwest can't understand what they're even talking about. Is that okay? your Midwestern accent? It's my Midwestern accent. Yes, it sure is. <laughs> Okay, so they don't know, and I'm not, you know, no disrespect intended, but when you're talking over people's heads, they can't, you can't meet them where they are. And in rides little fingers. He comes in speaking in the plain man's language. So now they're like, oh, this is what they've been talking about this whole time. Oh, no, we can't let them do that. And they become the lollipop people. You know what? You know what? Whether it's people in the Midwest, people in the south people in the north i have to say 
I I didn't think that people would want a president who would mock the disabled. When he did that, uh, that right there, that level of immaturity, disrespect, um, callousness, bullying, there's a whole bunch of things that's balled up into that one act. And he did several things prior to getting election to to getting elected that I would have thought would have put a stop to it. Like I wouldn't think people from the Midwest or anywhere else in this country would look at this guy and say, you know, this is the guy I could follow. This should be the leader of my country. Again, that is simple for them. That is simple playground teasing. Come on. And and stop for a second. But even just, playground teasing. No, listen, listen, listen. You listen. want your if president you to tell, be that immature? Listen, listen. If you now again think about what I just framed for you, using my example, right? He comes in with his little fingers and speaks in very basic C spot run terms because we have made politics so difficult to understand. That the average person is not even interested, not even interested, okay? A lot of us, and I'm going to put myself in this basket, had to learn a lot of shit going through school, through Schoolhouse Rock. Um, I kid you not, I kid you not, the system was that antiquated, and as a young child learning it, I didn't do well in it, and Schoolhouse Rock got me into singing, singing through my test to, make, to, get, to get that done. I'm going, and as I got older... It became a hodgepodge of bullshit because I can I can see it. So let me just get back to what you were saying. But before you do, mm-hmm. there we go. There's no song to explain this shit. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. When I did, when I had to do what's the the preamble, I'm sing, I'm in the class. We the people in order to form a world perfect union. That's the way I was able to write it down. A lot of but, us, but, a lot of us learned it that way. Well, I'm just saying, as a kid, so you gotta think. Now you think about the fact that it's been so sophisticated. But you know, usually when there's a lot, when you can't meet the people in simple terms, it's because of some bullshit behind it, and it's been so messy. You know, that people have actually said, you know what, I can't. I got, I got kids to feed. I got grass to grow. I got hoes to to row. Okay, that's where they at with it. Okay, so and now I got rows of hoes. <laughs> And so now you got little fingers coming in your town, and he's talking about all the stuff in layman's terms. So then they become, because now they, he's been able to get their undivided attention just based on his C-spot run level way of thinking and C-spot run level way of talking. They saw him on The Apprentice. They think yeah. he's entertaining. They thought he was a brilliant um, businessman, which he everything he touched failed. But but they, what did I say? But they've well, been fed a bunch of lies, and and you know I I get it, I get it, I get why they did it. However, so when you talk about him, uh, when you talk about him mocking, you know the the disabled. I mean, first of all, are we surprised? And no, second of all, I'm, I'm just you, I'm still surprised that that I I mean I. Nothing he does surprises me. Let me just Nothing. say let me just say that had he been I don't care if he was a black man from my very family, last name Armstrong. Okay? There's no way on God's green earth I would have voted for him. 
This I don't care. Now full page ads against the Central Park Exonerated Five. Yeah, full no page way. ads talking about how they should be prosecuted there's and and no way I would have voted for him. You had no proof whatsoever. You spent your own money as a citizen. You weren't even running for office then, Trump. I did everything that I could do to to thwart his candidacy. I did everything I could think to do to ensure that he didn't get elected again. And it doesn't matter who the president is right now. I don't care. People want to talk about Biden. I could care less about Biden. He is a bridge. He's a bridge. Period. He's just a bridge. Over troubled water. And we are in the troubled water. And it it continues. And so this election cycle, this midterm cycle is so important. And the next few will be important. If, If Biden runs again, I don't know if he could live that long, but if he runs again, and if he is the selected candidate, I will vote for him again, only because I cannot put a Republican in the White House right now. I sent you something. Did you get it in your inbox? Oh, I don't know. I sent you something in your inbox a couple of days ago, maybe a week oh, ago. Wow. I forget. Yeah, I got to go back and look at it. Uh, this okay. has been a, a very busy, hectic kind of week. <laughs> It's very cathartic, right? It's it's um very. Again, it I, is. It is. Uh, I think it's Harold, Gerald Ford. Um, when he's at the podium, <laughs> and I think Iowa, and some lady asked, you know, will a woman ever become the president of the United States? Oh, and they said yes, she'll be the vice president, and the president died. I did see that video. I, 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 yeah. Um, I, I, I don't, again, I don't know how many times or how many ways I can say it. It could be the actual, you know, the commercial with the M&Ms and you know, the little goofy yellow one, the, the peanut M&M, peanut M&M or Kermit D frog. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Okay. I don't care. So you sorry. are with it. Are in it. See, see, I almost messed up the lyrics. I know that song. Anyway, <laughs> I think, it was I think one day, one day, one day. Between this is a sidebar. Okay, I'm gonna challenge your wife to a sing-off. Uh oh. Public challenge, challenge, Uh-oh. challenge. And this ain't gonna Public. be on versus versus. This is gonna be right here. WJBR Internet. I'm gonna sing and I'm gonna blow her out the water, and everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, oh, yeah." One day. <laughs> I, <laughs> but I'm in the, in the I'm for it. yeah, that that should be entertaining. It's I'm, not. <laughs> it'll be as about as entertaining as the last verses was. Yeah, I heard. I heard. And, oh. and and to make it a good challenge to make sure she's saying there has to be like um something like a dinner or something like like uh, uh like whoever wins something. Cause I'm whoever whoever wins the verses. Yeah. Me versus what? 
like a a, a, a high class dinner or something like that. Fine dining. Fine dining. <laughs> Fine dining. I just need a little while to warm up my pipes, but <clears throat> I'm gonna get it and then. Yeah. And and we can even sing one of her songs. I will blow her out the window. Let me stop. What happened last night? I mean, I'll just tease it. I'll just say, please do not. Look, people are like Javon. Please let let me know when that is. <laughs> I come sit outside with my uniform. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Can't nobody blow like Mo. Can't nobody. Certainly not me. I ain't even trying. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. But anyway, yeah, I just, you know, sometimes you need a little um, levity because uh, this stuff, my blood pressure is getting high and all this other junk. Not over this, but just because of life and poor meal choices, I guess. I got to figure that out. But, you know, um, I don't care who it is. I will be voting to, like you said, Crips and Bloods. I'm going with Crip right now. Only, only in terms of blue um, in 2022. Because, look, the Republican senators were all asking for pardons. <laughs> How you going to vote for them? How you going to vote for them? It's the Republicans sitting there saying how they tried to overturn the election and how they tried to stage a coup. And how they didn't come out and warn us. And how they didn't, how they stood by and let these lies go. You know, where does it do a show with both your wives singing? Oh, wow. Monifa and Cheryl. Cheryl probably would not do it, just so that you know. She will not sing. Because she's shy, and she does not realize how beautiful her voice is. It's ridiculous. She has a beautiful voice. Cheryl but has a beautiful she probably would not. She'd be like, sing? What am I supposed to sing? Monifa's going to sing? Let Monifa sing. Monifa can sing. I love when Monifa sings. I watch. <laughs> That's good. That's Cheryl. Cheryl has a beautiful voice. She does. Like an angel. Like an angel. And by the way, Connor. Constance, Connie, I'm not married. Ah. You know what? But I knew who you were talking about, so, you know. You know what? I know who. I know why. I know how. I know where. So what's what's going on Pride Weekend? Happy Pride. Uh, oh, uh, Pride. Pride weekend, y'all. It's Pride weekend. First of all, June month is is Pride month, and and yes, we have a little. We're doing a little. Our first um uh Pride of Newark, uh tea dance. You know um, we recognize that there may be a lot of folks that do not want to go to New York City, and as a result, may want to come and gather collectively to show your pride. You know um and uh. I've been asked to also say that it's supposed to be a beautiful day, and there is a capacity on this um, on the venue, um, but we are able to gather nonetheless. Now, for the for for those of us with certain age that recall the venues in our in our community that closed, there's always been, been traditional gatherings in front of the venues. 
whether you got in them or not. It didn't matter. You outside chuckalucking and talking with folk, you know, and, and connecting. Well, we want to bring some sort of pride back and bring some sort of, um, some sort of, uh, you know, just community back, you know. Um, so, yeah, we're having a tea dance at True Lounge tomorrow, April. I mean, t- tomorrow, June 26. See, I was thinking about it rolling back the Roe v. Wade. I got okay. you. I got you. I got you. June 26th. Pride of Newark, Sunday, June 26th. There's going to be a tea dance, 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. So make sure you come out and support Black-owned and operated True Lounge. Okay, it's located at 82-88 Orchard Street in Newark, New Jersey. Be there and be queer. Okay? And even if you're not queer, just be there. Okay? Friends, family, and allies. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I got you. Goodbye. Babe. I got you, babe. Yeah, that now that's somebody I would challenge, Cher. Oh man, let me tell you something. I saw Cher yeah. live in concert right before the pandemic. And Nile Rogers opened for her. What? Yes. Nile Rogers, wow. Nile Rogers. And at first I didn't even know that because I didn't even I maybe I wasn't paying attention to the ticket or whatever, but when I got in there I was like, Oh, she's got an opening act. Some talking, talking, eating, eating. Who went to the left and he's like, he's going in on the man. Listen, it was it was a treat. Connie, do you think Therese is that funny? (laughs) (laughs) Doing or hosting? You know what I'm saying? What what, what are you saying? What are you saying here? Because even though I know my girl right here is funny, she's more. You are funny in your own way, but you're more of a straight man than, you know, like yes. a comedian. I'm, I'm a moody, I'm a moody, uh, moody, see, most of the stuff I get up there would be saying is true. Yep. It'd be true. You know, I mean, you can laugh at it if you want, but it'd be true. Hosting, okay. Thank yeah, you, Yeah, talk to her offline and and stuff and, and you know, she'll, she'll yeah. yeah. And and it better, it better be some funny people. Don't have, look, <laughs> don't have some corny ass people going to true talking about they doing a comedy show if they ain't funny. Now, if people coming for chuckles, you No, know. I think she meant something else. It sounds like she's talking about hosting a comedy show somewhere else. Like oh, com- oh, oh, like going somewhere else. Oh, not going to, not, yeah. not renting out or using True. First of all, it's <laughs> funny that you keep calling her Teresa, Teresa. Yeah. You as a comic, would have too many razors. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my God, you got that right. You got that right. I wouldn't. I told you I'd be like um for in my one of my favorite 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 uh, pieces that I've seen. I don't even know if I call it comedy. <clears throat> was Paul Mooney's race. Mm. You know, Paul Mooney's race. How you would use real life situations and then <laughs> get to say what you want to say about them. You know, sometimes it was funny. Most times it wasn't. I remember sitting in race like this. With sweat, I went to see it live. Sweat popping off me. I was like, who did this motherfucker just say that? Like, you know. But yeah, he did. And then he laughed. <laughs> <laughs> you got that laugh. You got his laugh, though. That's for real. That is for yeah, real. it would be real. Like, he's just keeping it hella real, you know? Pretty and funny. sometimes it's not funny. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Yeah. 
But using humor, humor to uh, bridge the gap, let's just say. He'd have so much, so much material right now if he were here. Oh my God, him, George Carlin. Ah. Uh, forget about it. George Carlin uh, has left us material that is appropriate for where we for are now. today. That just goes to show that he's deep in the minds and the souls of these people. He understood, you know, who and what they were and where they were going. And it's all, it's, it's always been shenanigans and it always will be shenanigans. Buffoonery and hoodwinkery. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. And it's unfortunate that, you know, and it's fortunate that we see it now or, or have been seeing it or at least are publicly speaking about it. Because remember, like, you know, I grew up in the Walter Cronkite, uh, Barbara Walters days, you know, Mm -hmm. reporting where the news was very P and G. Now, you get a newscaster pulling gum out, talking about, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, it's like, what happened? I know, you know, I know. because they're both extremes, you know, what happened? They never felt like, you know, CBS news was God awful, you know, and thank God for what, what has advanced in being able to do shows like this one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Folks that want to talk about things in a realistic way. that don't want to be gaslit. You know, they just want to just speak your opinion. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think I think we have um touched on it all, Therese. It's a few minutes early, but there's no reason why we can't, you know, wish everybody a happy pride today and um, you know. Yes. Let bygones be bygones. You know. and please be careful on the streets. Please be vigilant on the streets. There's still still the world at large. And we just may, need to make sure everybody stays safe. And if you see something, say something. Exactly. Um, snitch. Yeah. Yeah. Bring snitching back again. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just follow, you know, all the Republicans. Become a rat. Because they, they are squealing. So, anyway. Um, that's all I got for now. I'm, 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 I'm out. I'm good. All right, baby. Everybody stay safe. And if you know somebody who doesn't vote, please start talking to them now about the importance thereof. Have a great, great Pride weekend. Don't be a crook. What's up, y'all? This is Dawn Robinson, formerly of In Vogue and Lucy Pearl, and you're in the basement with Javon and Therese. My girls! (laughs) I love you, y'all. Mason, you're in the basement with Javon and Therese. Perfect.
lightly on some of your favorite movies, and I'm at brunch in the basement with uh, Therese and Siobhan. Stay here, stay here with me. Stay here, stay here with me. Stay here, stay here with me. Still in the basement, no longer alone, with my homegirl Therese on the microphone. Music politics are just chatting it up. Brunch in the basement, see that's what's up. You never know who might run through. Legendary artist or someone brand new. You miss a lot when you miss one day. At least that's what I heard somebody say. But it doesn't really matter what whoever says. It's always a good show with your bonnet to rest. Yeah. Brunch in the basement with your bonnet to rest. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, everybody's a friend in my head. I already know everybody. <laughs> One day I'll tell you about me and Shaka Khan, but you know. <laughs> but she doesn't know anything about it. But anyway. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She just she wasn't even there actually. But anyway. All I want is though, Jay. You can send me some cologne, cause I mean, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. I Just in case you send me some cologne, I want to smell really, you know, oh, nice. Oh god. <laughs> okay, dokey, man. Whatever you say. With time, so and we thank you for that. Thank you. Well, thank you. This part, that little piece, I'm just gonna keep and play it all the time for myself. <laughs> but no, just teasing. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.